Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. We're teaching out the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ever wonder what your resurrection body's gonna look like? Just like the one that Jesus has. Hang in there, we've got a whole lot more good things to talk about today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. We are wrapping up a series that I've been teaching on the rapture of the church and literally on the resurrection, totally speaking of the resurrection of saints and all that, but we're gonna be specifically looking in today into the rapture of the church, which is the first resurrection after Jesus. He was the first one resurrected from the dead. I know what you're thinking, but we've covered this before if you weren't here. There were two in the Old Testament, one under Elijah and one under Elisha, where a person was brought back from the dead. Even in Jesus' ministry, he raised up Lazarus from the dead and raised up a young girl from the dead. In the book of Acts, Dorcas was raised from the dead. So we have numbers of people that were raised from the dead. In fact, at Jesus' resurrection, it said many Old Testament saints got up and came back to uh, and got their bodies back and walked into the city and, uh, you know, spoke to the people there. But each one of these people died again. They got back their old bodies. And if they had sickness and disease that might've killed them, that was gone. But they lived for a number of days, weeks, months, or perhaps even years. We don't know how long Lazarus lived after that. But Jesus is the first one that was truly resurrected. What I mean by resurrected was he came back from the dead and had a resurrection body eternal. And this is what we're gonna talk about today. This is what God has prepared for us is a resurrection body. And that will come to us at the rapture of the church. If you wanna know really what's on the next thing for God's prophetic calendar, it is the resurrection of the church, the rapture of the church. Now the word resurrection appears throughout the word of God. In fact, in the New Testament, the word rapture does not, but it simply says we will be taken away. And that word for taken away is where we get the word for rapture. And rapture is a word that's used in other uh, languages, but it's just been adapted into the English language uh, for the Bible. The Bible doesn't use the term prodigal son, but he was a prodigal. If you look up the definition that we could have called him a carnal, um, you know, the, the uh, prodigal son, we could have called him the carnal son. That might've been more in line with the word of God, but he was a prodigal, turned around, walked away and just basically denied his father, denied his family and finally came to himself. Well, we're gonna talk about that today, not the prodigal, but we are gonna talk about the rapture of the church, things that we are looking forward to in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, he was talking about nations turned against nations and kingdom against kingdom and, and uh, problems and troubles and, and all these things happening around the earth. He said, they begin to multiply rapidly. Look up for your redemption draws near. Today, we are seeing that happen. Our redemption is drawing very near, but our redemption is the rapture of the church. The next resurrection that will take place after that will be at the end of seven years after the church, and that will be the resurrection of, of saints to go through, uh, to be with the Lord during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And so we will have those. And at the end of the uh, millennium itself, there'll be a great resurrection at that time of all of all people. And that saints and sinners alike, those who were uh, born again during the uh, millennial reign of Jesus will have a resurrection body. But those also who have died, sinners who have died throughout all the centuries will have their bodies brought back to them and they will stand before the great white throne judgment. Now, these are just things to come. I have a CD on this particular series on the rapture of the church of which we will be talking about today included in this series on resurrection. I know it's gonna be a great blessing to you. So would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 
Corinthians chapter 15, we have been going through this chapter verse by verse. Today we're coming to verse 50, and now this one is talking specifically from now toward the end of this chapter on the resurrection of the church or the rapture of the church. And so we're gonna take up beginning in verse 50. While you're finding that, I do wanna compliment and thank you that are partners with me, have been for some time, but those of you who've been in the past numbers of months, I've been getting lots and lots of requests in the past few weeks and past few months to become a partner with this ministry. Most of them saying the same thing. We just love this ministry. And I'm thankful for that you give out of your love toward God, your love toward me, but also your love toward people that need to know the word of God to either be saved or to become disciples. And so I thank you for staying with me on this. Jesus had a number of people that supported his ministry. I'm not saying I'm Jesus. I'm just simply saying I have a great example to look to. And that included numbers of women. There was a group of women that supported him. I've got a group of women that are great as far as partners are concerned. I don't know where to call them partner S's or whatever, but anyway, thank you. You ladies that support this ministry and believe in it, and I thank you again for becoming a partner with me. If you'd like to become a partner and you're not one now, or you'd like to even increase your partnership, please do so. But those who'd like to become partners with me, go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me. And so thank you again for doing that. Beginning with verse 50, Paul says here, to the Corinthians and also to us. Now this I say, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. When we use terms like flesh and blood and corruption, we're going to be using some other terms as we go through here. It's referring to our physical body. Our physical body is yet to be redeemed. There are three parts to redemption. Number one is your spirit. The moment you're born again, you become a new creation in Christ. And the part of you that's recreated is your spirit. It goes from being a dead spirit it goes from being a spirit that's separated from God to a spirit that is alive. And the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. Next of all, it also becomes alive because Jesus Christ himself resurrects our spirit and from the curse of Adam changes it into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was born in Adam. I have been reborn into Jesus Christ. In Adam, all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. But to go from Adam into Jesus Christ, I made a choice because God will not force this on me. I was forced into being a part of Adam. I was born into it and had no choice in it. This is one of the few times you can honestly say, I had no choice. Somebody else did this to me. You can blame someone else, look for a scapegoat, and the scapegoat is Adam. He's the one that put us into all of this mess and sold us out to Satan. But when Jesus came, he uh, provided eternal life for us, but didn't force it on us. What he offered to us was a choice. Do you want to get out of Adam and into Christ? And that's why he's left us here, to present the world with the very simple choice. Do I want to stay in Adam or become one in Christ? Do I want to leave uh, the curse and join the blessing, end up going to heaven instead of hell and uh, being in heaven and ruling with Jesus Christ forever and forever? That's the choice. Now, it seems like a pretty simple thing, but you see, the God of this world has blinded the minds of people so they should not believe. And so we have to literally come against the supernatural powers of this world. And God has given us a supernatural gospel, a supernatural Holy Spirit, and a supernatural means of witnessing to people. And that is also accompanied by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, what he's saying is, is that this natural flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God because this curse that's in this body cannot stand up in heaven. And so the only way you can go to heaven, or pardon me, the only two ways you can go to heaven is number one, be a Christian and die and leave this physical body that you're in and go to heaven. And in spirit form, you can be there. In fact, in chapter 12 of Hebrews, it talks about in heaven are the spirits of just men made perfect. 
And so you go there in spirit form. Of course, your soul goes with it. Those two are connected together. This is called the inward man in the New Testament, but your body cannot go. But one day we're going to have a body fashioned just like that of Jesus Christ. And since Jesus Christ in his physical resurrected body is seated at the right hand of the Father, that type of body can go to heaven and we're waiting on it. So those that are there in spirit form, are part of the family. We who are down here as human beings with a a natural body, a cursed body, even though we're born again, are still part of the same family. To join the family in heaven, we have to die and leave this physical body here so we can go and join them in heaven. But one day the Lord's gonna bring them from heaven with Jesus and we're all at the same time, those who come from heaven with Jesus that have been there for about 2000 years will join us on earth in our natural bodies and all of a sudden all of us will receive a resurrection resurrection body, just like Jesus Christ. And we will all go back to heaven with Jesus for seven years, go through the judgment seat of Christ. And at the end of that, we will come back as a prepared bride. We will come back, Revelation 19 says, as a bride prepared for her husband. So that is yet to come, but it's coming on the horizon very soon. And with all the world situations going on right now, I mean, all the nations coming together to centralize government, to centralize centralize leadership, we are very close to the coming of Jesus Christ. That's the point that Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draws near. At physical death, the Christian leaves the flesh and blood corruptible body behind. To go to heaven, we must be absent of our body or be in a body that is glorified, that can exist in heaven, patterned just like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment I became born again, my spirit was changed in the very image of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Day by day, my soul takes on the mind of Christ. I leave the mind of Bob behind a little at a time and gain the mind of Christ a little every day, a little at a time. But one day I'll even have a body just like his to where I can exist in heaven forever and forever. Verse 51 goes on to say, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. If you can underline that, if you have a Bible, you can mark in, underline that last all. All is mentioned twice there. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. All is the entire body of Christ. And the body of Christ that's here on earth and the body and the family that's gone to heaven are all part of one family. And he said, we shall all be changed. The reason why I bring this out is, is because there's so many people that say, they, well, you know, we're going through the tribulation. Those that are on the earth will go through the tribulation. And this verse says, no, we will all be changed. And to be honest with you, we will all be changed at the same time. The rapture of the church is mentioned here, and and Paul in this verse of scripture uses a term that's only found in the New Testament. A couple of times in the four gospels, but the rest of the time it's found over and over again in the New Testament epistles. Paul is the major one that uses this word, and he uses the word mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery. The word mystery doesn't mean something we don't understand. It means something that has not been understood in the past, but revealed today. And so the mystery includes so many great things. The church is a mystery. Jesus mentioned to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, but they didn't understand what he was talking about. I imagine when Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm sure the disciples nodded and grinned and looked at each other and said, what's the church? 
they had never heard of it. And so many things are brought out there. The new birth is part of the mystery, never existed in the Old Testament, that the moment you accept Jesus, you become born again, changed to the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The mystery includes the body of Christ. That's part of it. The mystery includes the individual priesthood of every believer. Something that did not exist in the Old Testament was a mystery to them has been revealed to us. So when Paul says, behold, I show you a mystery, what he simply means is I show you the revelation of a mystery. To you, it is not a mystery. And that is, he speaks of the rapture of the church. Why is the rapture of the church a mystery? Because it was never taught in the Old Testament, slightly mentioned in the book of John, but where it's really brought out is in the New Testament epistles. And he calls it a mystery, something that was not understood in the Old Testament. Not every Christian will have died by the time of the rapture. Some will be alive, yet be changed with those who are sleeping, that's those who have gone to be with the Lord, that are born again, but have died physically in this earth. There must, and I'm going to put that emphasis, there must be a rapture of the church for us to join God in heaven, and there must be a rapture of the church to unite the family. As long as Jesus hasn't come for us at the rapture, the family is separated, part in heaven, part on earth. I'll continue this right after the break. See you right after. I call this halftime. So here's halftime. I'll see you when we get back. When a Christian has passed away, we do not bury them. We plant them for a future harvest. One day, all Christians will put on a resurrection body. Our earthly bodies carry the image of Adam, but our resurrection bodies will carry the image of Jesus. One day, we will have bodies that will possess everlasting life. In this exciting six-part series based on 1 Corinthians 15, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a detailed study of the future resurrection of every born-again believer. Messages include a foundation doctrine. What if there is no resurrection? What is baptism for the dead? Sowing, reaping, and resurrection. Our incorruptible body and the exception generation. To order resurrection, visit our website at bobyandian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Verse 51 says again, Behold, I show you a mystery. 
1 Corinthians 15, 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And I emphasize that second word, we are not all asleep, some will die and go to heaven, but some of us will be here left in the earth, but we shall all be changed. Again, the rapture of the church was an Old Testament mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery, not revealed in the old, but revealed in the new. And so when, if he had mentioned the word rapture around the, the disciples, Jesus would have then gone, what in the world is the rapture? What's the rapture of the church? What in the world is the church? All these things were revealed on the day of Pentecost into our dispensation. And those books written during our dispensation, which is the New Testament epistles, are really meat for our dispensation. So really the best way to study the Old Testament is in the light of the new. Don't try to understand the new in the light of the old, no. Understand the new and then you'll see types and shadows become a reality. And so this is what the Lord's teaching us here. So it's basically saying this, not every Christian will have died by the rapture. Some will be alive, yet be changed with those who are sleeping. When the word of God says here, we shall all be changed, then what it's saying is the entire church, the entire body of Christ will all be together again in heaven. And there must be a rapture for us to join God in heaven. And there must be a rapture to unite the entire family together. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15 says this, for this cause, I bow my knees to the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I want you to notice that it says, we bow our knees to the Father. The Father of who? Well, the whole family. But part of the family is in heaven, and part of the family is on earth. And so the family is always divided. Since the day of Pentecost, I mean the family's been divided. The church began on that day, but Jesus is part of the family. He's the, the elder son. He's in heaven. Then those that were martyred right after that, those who have died after that, have gone to be with the Lord. And for the past 2,000 years, the mass majority of the family of God is in heaven, and the smaller part is on earth today, but God has to bring us together for one great reason. We must all go through the judgment seat of Christ. Once we have gone through the judgment seat of Christ, it's not to judge us, it's to judge our works. And it says in Revelation 14, 13, that when we die, our works do follow us and God will reward us in heaven for those things done while we were in fellowship with God out of love toward God. That's called gold, silver, and precious stones. What we did in carnality that we never asked God to forgive us of, never repented of, will still have to be judged in heaven, but all of it will be judged by fire. Gold, silver, and precious stones will survive it, but wood, hay, and stubble will go poof and we will be in heaven with the Lord. This is to help fashion us into the bride of Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter five, that he's going to fashion us into the bride and we will become the bride of Christ. And so until that time, we are the body of Christ after the judgment seat of Christ, or basically it could be better called the rewards seat of Christ, we will come back with him as a bride adorned for her husband in Revelation chapter 19. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. How fast is the rapture going to occur? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That word moment is an interesting Greek word. It is the word atomo. It's where we get the word atomic from. And really the reason why this word moment 
was called atomo in the Greek, they thought the atom was the smallest element that there was or the smallest piece of uh, creation that there was. So did we. So when we found the atom, discovered it, we called it an atom because we thought we had found the smallest thing and didn't know that even that little small piece could be further divided. And this is how we created the atomic bomb by separating the atom. And so, but the Greek word simply means this. The Greek word means the smallest amount of time that cannot be further divided. This is how fast Jesus is going to come back. Now to the natural mind and to mathematics itself, this is impossible. You can always keep further subdividing something all the way down. And it's like moving toward a wall. The theory is if you move halfway toward the wall and then the next step is halfway toward the wall and the next one is halfway toward the wall, you'll never get there because every bit of distance you have left can be divided in half and of and theoretically you'll never get to the wall. What God is saying is so it is with time. We can divide time down from hours to minutes to seconds to milliseconds. Then we can divide a second up. I remember when a, a watch came out many, many years ago and they talked about the fact that it was run by a tuning fork and it divided uh, the second into small milliseconds, so small and so rapid that you could the mind could not comprehend it. That's how fast or that's how much it divided time into. Well, this word atomos simply means this, that there is in God's sight a piece of time that is so small you cannot further divide it. That's how quickly the rapture is going to take place. You say, wow, man, that is really fast. Well, I just want you to know something. This is the second thing that happens this fast. The first one is the new birth. The first thing that God changes in our life is our spirit. We're born again. The last thing is going to change is our body. Now, the, the soul in the meantime takes our entire lifetime and we never quite get there. That's one of those we're halfway there, halfway there, halfway there, never get there. Because as far as our natural life is concerned, we will never have fully the renewing of the mind as is talked about in chapter 12 of Romans. So how fast is the rapture going to take place in the same amount of time it took you to get born again in the moment in the twinkling of an eye? This verse simply means it's so rapid we cannot even measure it. That's how quickly you're born again. So in a moment, Atamo, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Now, people have taken this particular verse and tried to apply it to the trumpets over in Revelation, but the trumpets in Revelation are simply going to happen during the tribulation. We aren't going to be here. This last trumpet is used as a symbol. It's the last assembly for the church age. When, when uh, going to battle, they blew a trumpet. Whenever they were assembling together, they blew a trumpet. When uh, they were lining up in formation, they blew a trumpet. This is simply saying that we've had all these through the time. We've had trumpets for assembling together every time we come to church. We've had a, we've had trumpets for assembling for battle. That's when we pray and, and come against Satan and truly spiritual warfare. These things happen, but there's going to be one last trumpet for the church age, and it's to assemble together and all be called together to heaven. So he's simply saying for all the assemblies we have had during the church age, this will be the last one and we will leave earth and be assembled in heaven. It goes on to say, for the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. This is a tremendous verse of scripture and simply says the trumpet will sound. Now we don't, we know this, that Jesus Christ is going to descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the shout, all that, and the trumpet of God. So God himself will be sounding this trumpet. The dead shall be raised incorruptible and then we shall be changed also. So the dead are not 
are not those who are spiritually dead. That's the, that's the world. No, these are those who are alive in Christ that when they died, they were physically dead and the physically dead will be raised up with an incorruptible body. And then we will be just suddenly changed into a resurrection body. Let me emphasize that again. It says the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That is born again people who have physically died. Then we shall be changed. Notice it says that the dead, those who have died before us will become uh, raised up with an incorruptible body and that will be given to them instantly. Now we are going to be changed from a natural body into a spiritual body while they are just suddenly taking on a resurrection body. With them dust to dust and ashes to ashes and the dust will turn into a resurrection body. Ours will be the changing of a physical body into a resurrection body. This will all happen at the same time. Then all of us shall rise to meet the Lord in the air. The dead are absent from the body, but they are present with the Lord. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. The living are anticipating death, but we will be instantly changed with those who have died and given a resurrection body. There is a small group of people on the earth at the time when Jesus comes back with the saints who have died the church age. And that is one that Paul even said, we who are alive and remain. He thought he would be part of it, but he died some 2000 years ago also. But the point of it comes back to this is we could be, and I believe we much have a greater greater possibility than Paul ever did, and that is see everything happen around us. This isn't a one-time thing where we see a, a, a Germany rise up as in World War II or a Japan in World War II, or we see the uh, Russian Empire. We see, you know, these other ones at times, these rising up. This is every nation working together for a centralized world government. This is what the book of Revelation teaches, and this is what the Old Testament books of Ezekiel and Daniel and others taught. There's going to be a worldwide government all come together to where there will be no place to run to. I mean, if you were in, if you were in communism in Russia and could escape, there were other nations to go to. How many people have tried to escape Cuba and come to the United States? Immense numbers and some have died on the way. But the point of it is they've come over here because there was a place to go to. There is coming a time very rapidly when there will be no place to run to. It will be worldwide communism. It will be worldwide of the, res of the nations working together against God to dethrone God and put their own man on the throne. That will be the, uh, that will be the Antichrist. And he will sit on the throne in Jerusalem, but he does not get to stay there because he's an illegitimate ruler that will sit there. Jesus Christ will come back and take that throne. So the living right now are anticipating dying. That's what we are looking forward to it and actually to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. But the Lord is saying, you may be part of another Thing, and that is those who are alive and remain. But if we are and those who are alive and remain and will be uh, changed into a resurrection body, we will be instantly changed with the dead and given a resurrection body. The only other instant change, like I said, we have experienced is the new birth and it will happen just that rapidly. You know what the world's gonna see? Basically nothing. They're going to see us there in the next split second. We're gone. They're going to go, where did they go? They'll be so, out, they'll be out of, they won't understand what's going on. I'm sure all types of different theories are going to come up as to what happened to us because this will be worldwide. But you know what should happen? Those we have warned in this earth to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and told them this day was coming, they are going to know. And that this will scare them that they should have accepted Jesus earlier, but they still have seven years to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Folks, we're living in a great time. I mean, the time we're living in right now, this is not a time to be all upset, constantly watching the news. Jesus didn't say, when you see these comes, things come to pass, look at the TV screen. No, it says, look up. 
look up at heaven because that's where your redemption comes from. So basically to get your eyes off of all the things going on in the world right now, off of the news, there's times to watch it. Yes, I do it to keep up once in a while. But the point of it is the, the TV is not where I get my doctrine from. YouTube is not where I get my doctrine from. I get it from the word of God. The word of God teaches me what's going to happen and the word of God can't change. A lot of things we see on the news today changes tomorrow, changes next week. But I can tell you this, the word of God lives and abides forever because once God wrote it, it is in there forever. So we will be seeing you tomorrow when we come back. We'll continue on this and wrap it up maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. I don't know. All depends on how the Holy Spirit leads me, but have a great day. And also for those of you, again, that enjoy this broadcast, you can go to our website, bobbyandian.com, or you can go to my other website, and that is ministersclub.com. There's a lot of free things you can download on that and just all types of outlines and very good things. So you can go there, ministersclub.com. In the meantime, I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.